Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is the second Sunday after Pentecost. Our order of service will begin with, with the service of, of the Word, beginning on page 38, but we'll open right now with hymn number 416, How Firm a Foundation. But trusting in Jesus, my Savior, I pray, have mercy on me according to your unfailing love. Cleanse me from my sin and take away my guilt. God, our Heavenly Father, has forgiven all your sins. By the perfect life and innocent death of our Lord Jesus Christ, he has removed your guilt forever. 
You are his own dear child. May God give you strength to live according to his will. Amen. In the peace of forgiveness, let us praise the Lord. that we get from the word when we go to the word. Moses said, Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land that the Lord swore to give your forefathers, as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse, the blessing, if you obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, the curse, if you disobey the commands of the Lord your God, and turn from what I from the from the way that I command you today by following other gods which you have not known. Alleluia. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light for our path. Alleluia. encouraging us to be very careful and again going back to searching the scriptures so that we would know 
when false teachers are coming our way. Jesus said, watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Let's continue with our next hymn, hymn 397. Oh. 
grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God we want to consider this second Sunday after Pentecost is our epistle reading from Romans chapter 3, verses 21 to 25a and 27 to 28. The Apostle Paul was inspired to write, But now a righteousness from God, apart from law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Where then is boasting? It is excluded on what principle? On that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who are our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow children, of our Heavenly Father. There was this man who had been unchurched and really didn't know much about the Bible, but for some reason what happened is he was somehow led to attend a Christian church. And after he had gone there for, for four weeks, what happened is that he went to the pastor and in a very, he was very, very troubled, and he said to the pastor, you're looking at the worst sinner in this city. I've been coming to your services for four weeks and haven't gotten much sleep since I've been coming. For that matter, I didn't sleep at all last night. I prayed, read the Bible, and I still can't sleep. Tell me. What must I do about my sinfulness? Apparently what was the case is that this man had been going to church and he had been reading his Bible, but he hadn't been hearing the message of God's grace and love. All he was hearing was really God's law and it was condemning him it was putting the fear of the Lord in him. And now actually, that's what was the case with Martin Luther in his earlier years. He had the fear of the Lord, and they're not talking about fear as in this proper respect for God. It's talking about just a terror at the thought of God. That's what was troubling Luther in his earlier years. And, and actually, a lot of Christians end up kind of living their lives in that kind of, of fear as well, struggling with that. And they aren't hearing the gospel, even if it is being proclaimed, even if it's being faithfully proclaimed to them. And that law message, it's tearing them down. 
scaring them to death. They have the wrong idea of what God expects of them. And the fact of the matter is, is that we also can struggle with this at times, and that's why we need to hear the words of the Apostle Paul in our, in our reading for today. Because what the Apostle Paul is telling us is what our Heavenly Father expects of us. And what our Heavenly Father expects of us is Christ's righteousness, His righteousness. So let's consider our need for His righteousness, the source of this righteousness, and our reception of that righteousness. In the verses that we are considering, what the Apostle Paul is talking about is really the theme of the whole letter to the Roman Christians. And really, when you get right down to it, it's the theme of the entirety of scriptures. And that theme is, namely, the doctrine of justification. Justification through faith. How God justifies sinners who on their own would be guilty of sinning and rebelling against God and would therefore deserve eternal punishment. But what God does is God takes sinners who deserve that eternal punishment to be his heirs and heirs of eternal life. In the opening verses of, in the opening chapters of Paul's letter, what he emphasizes is the fact that all people, all of us, are guilty before God and deserve his eternal punishment. Paul sums up that those thoughts in the verse right before our text when he says, therefore no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by observing the law. Rather, through the law we become conscious of sin. Well, God gave us his law to show us our sin to show us that we need help. When we compare our actions with God's requirements, with the requirements in the law, we don't want to be like that rich young man who came to Jesus, who thought he had kept all of God's law, who said, all of these I have kept since I was a boy. He thought he kept all of the Ten Commandments in his adult life. That rich man, that rich young man, he thought that he was earning his way to heaven. But of course, that's impossible. Paul said, there is no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The fact is, is our sinful pride doesn't like to hear statements like that. But God will never look at us and our deeds and say that by our works and by our deeds, we deserve his glory. That's why we so desperately need God's righteousness. Our complete need for help from our Heavenly Father is very much like the need that children have for their parents. All children have for their parents' help, especially when children are, are very young. When we were born, we were totally defenseless. We couldn't care for ourselves. 
we were completely dependent on our parents and and if our parents weren't there we we would end up dead that's the only way it could be without having appropriate care now of course that's the way it is when children are young as they get older then maybe they need their parents help a little bit less than they did in their earlier years but hopefully what children will always remember even as their parents get older and maybe need their help what children hopefully will always remember is what their parents did for them and be very thankful for what they did for them not just be thankful for them on on mother's day and father's day but always and now as children grow older hopefully they need their parents less and less but that's not the case for us who are children of our heavenly father we always totally need our god and without him and without his righteousness we are lost paul said but now a righteousness from god apart from law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. Jesus had, of course, said, be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect, and that's a perfection that cannot come from us. It cannot come from us, but that perfection, that righteousness, it does come from our God. Paul said that righteousness, or God declaring us not guilty, it is, he says, apart from law. And now what that means, of course, is that nothing is demanded of us in exchange for God's forgiveness and eternal salvation. Absolutely nothing is demanded of us. That is the teaching that the scriptures give us over and over again. Paul said, we are justified, we're declared right with God, freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. For us believers who know how unworthy we are before God, how wonderful it is to hear that we're justified freely by God's grace, solely because of what Jesus has done for us. Well, we deserved eternal punishment, but Paul says that God sent his son as a sacrifice of atonement. That word atonement is a special word in scripture. It can remind us of the atonement cover or mercy seat. Mercy seat that was on the Ark of the Covenant in the most holy place in the tabernacle or the temple, once a year what would happen on the Day of Atonement is that the high priest would enter into the most holy place, well, first in the tabernacle, then when the temple was built in the temple, he would enter into that most holy place once a year with the blood of a lamb that had been sacrificed slaughtered as a sin offering for the people. That annual sacrifice and the sprinkling of blood on the atonement cover, 
that foreshadowed Christ's sacrifice and his shedding of his blood, which really did once for all pay for the sins of all and win for us the righteousness, the perfection that we need, that God wants us to have. The Apostle John said, Jesus is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, and not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. Because of our sins, we were at odds with God, but now Christ has atoned for our sins. We are at one with God. We were at odds with God, but now we're at one with God, united with him through Christ's death, through, through faith in Christ's death. And now this passage and many others tells us the scope of, of Jesus' work for us, his sacrifice. He died for all. For absolutely everyone, his sacrifice, it paid for all sins. And therefore, what that means for us is that we can witness to anyone and we can say, doesn't matter who the person is, we can say to anyone, your sins were paid for by the blood of Christ. We can say that to everyone. And not only can we make that witness, but what we're also going to want to do is always keep our eyes open for anyone who needs to hear that Jesus is the Savior or for anyone who would be open to hearing about Jesus, the Savior. Well, by God's grace, we know the source of our righteousness. It's, it's Jesus Christ. It's his work for us. But how did we get that knowledge of Christ's righteousness from God? We don't get that knowledge because we're so intelligent that we figure it out. We couldn't just Google it or ask Siri or, or for that matter, figure it out on our own. Paul told the Corinthian Christians, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him, but God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. We have this knowledge of Christ's righteousness, of God's righteousness through faith because the Holy Spirit is working in us. Paul said, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. Paul continues, Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No, but on that of faith. Any kind of boasting, self-glorying, credit claiming for us in this matter of justification is, as Paul says here, excluded. It's completely shut out. We are correct to say that we are saved because Jesus died for us. But it can be very misleading for us to say that we are saved because we believe in Jesus. And I say it could be misleading because if you think about how those words go, because we believe in Jesus, it's almost as if that statement could get a person to think that 
Our believing in Jesus is the one meritorious work that is required of us in order to be saved. And now, we can properly understand that statement because, well, we know what faith is. Faith isn't my work or your work. Faith is the work of the Holy Spirit. But yet that statement is confusing to the person who doesn't understand what faith is. We aren't saved because of anything we have done. We're saved because of what God has done. We don't believe in Jesus because we're so smart that we decided to believe in him or we decided to accept him as our personal savior. We believe because the Holy Spirit caused us to believe and because the Holy Spirit caused us to accept and believe in Jesus as our savior. We aren't responsible for the fact that we believe. That's the Holy Spirit's work. Paul told the Ephesian Christians, by grace you are saved through faith, and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Paul said, we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. When we look at God's law, when we think of all that God wants us to do, by the grace of God, we know that we have fallen short of what God expects of us. Righteousness is not something that is in us apart from God. We've fallen short of deserving any glory or righteousness from God. But God doesn't, God doesn't owe us anything but we have this righteousness from God because God is gracious. Because God is gracious. Because he loves us and he wants us to be with him forever in heaven. So let's always therefore say, to God be the glory. To God all praise and glory. Let's give credit where credit is, is due. Parents, can easily be guilty of expecting too much from their children, and that can cause all kinds of problems. But now if you think about it, I say a parent, you know, the parent who expects his child to be absolutely perfect, that can cause all kinds of grief. But now think about it, our Heavenly Father, he expects complete perfection from us but that doesn't have to cause us any problems at all. Because think of what our Heavenly Father does. He says, be perfect, but I'll take care of that. He sent his son to live and to die for us, to wash away our sins so that he'd have the righteousness, the perfection that we need. And he sends the Holy Spirit to call us to faith, to make us believers, so that we have that righteousness from God. Now, because God is working in us, well, when the Father looks at us, he sees what he expects of us. It's God working in us. It's God's righteousness. He sees his righteousness. Our lives are 
Oh, in a sense, we could say like going to school with God the Father as our teacher. He expects us to always get A pluses or 100% on all, absolutely all of the work that we do, everything that we do. But because we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, instead of getting A plus or 100%, we all get Fs or failing marks. And maybe in schools today, they don't like to talk about those failing marks, but that's what our situation is before God. Fs failing on everything. However, what Jesus did is he took all of the tests for us. He did all of the assignments for us and he got an A plus 100% or better on everything that he did for us. And when we were made believers, we could say that what the Holy Spirit did is he put the tests and all of the assignments that Jesus did perfectly on our desks. We have the A pluses that our Heavenly Father expects of us. And that means that we're all set for all eternity because of what God has done for us in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Savior. So what our Heavenly Father expects of us it's his righteousness, which he in his grace and mercy gives to us. How blessed we are to God, all praise and glory. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. It's on page 41 in the front of our hymnals. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. O oh God, you rule over all things in wisdom and kindness. Take away everything that may be harmful and give us whatever is good. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Oh, and in our prayers, well, think of all of the people who are on our prayer list and well, we add to that list Eli Vanderley. He had an emergency appendectomy this past week and sounds like everything is going well, but 
when we think about all of those who are dealing with aches and pains and trials and troubles, we pray, Lord God, if it's your will, please grant healing, and, and if it's your will, please remove the trials and troubles from this life that we're dealing with, but, but if those ills and those trials and troubles are a blessing for us somehow from you, well, God, please keep on blessing us and please keep on giving to us the blessings of our God. And here we're talking especially about his grace and his mercy and his love and his righteousness so that we have what our Heavenly Father expects of us. Please keep on looking after us, body and soul. Keep us always in your loving care. And we gather up all of the prayers and requests we have as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Let's join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. Again, thank you for joining me for worship today. Just a couple quick announcements in the congregation this week. Monday is Jeff Bodell and Catherine Kunkel's birthday. Wednesday, Peggy Fess has a birthday. Saturday, Pat Bodell has a birthday. And, and Air, uh, Gordon and Roberto Waldron have an anniversary on Saturday. You've heard me mention the people in our, uh, mention our, our prayer list. Please look at that. Um, and as we look at the prayer list, uh, Eli did have that surgery and it seems to be doing well. And we, well, keep all of those who are on the list in your prayers. That's all that I have for announcements right now. The Lord bless and keep you always.